We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So let's dive into the mailbag, Ryan, and we've got some super chats. We've got one here from Kay Grant, Brian with the shirt, Gap Closer shirt. And just so you know, you can get these Gap Closer shirts on the IB Merch Store. You can find a link to that in the description box below, whether you're watching on the show live, uh, whether you're watching it later, or whether you're listening via podcast. There is a link to the store, the IB Merch Store uh, down below, so you can definitely check those out as well. One of them... The Gap Closer shirts have been one of the best-selling items over the last couple of years, Ryan. So there's there's no doubt about that. So thank you for the super chat, my man. Appreciate you very, 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 very much. So let's keep rolling along here, Ryan. If you want to get some mailbag questions in, go ahead and get those in now. We don't have a lot of them right now, so I don't know if this is going to be um, if this is going to be a very long mailbag. But if you want to get some questions in, get them in now. But uh, Ryan, let's move on to this this uh, mailbag or this uh, super chat from Rob Osgood. Rob says, I love these shows. I'm happy Notre Dame got a young man who wanted it and worked hard. Great day and even better because of need. Now the question is, will Notre Dame go after number four? Well, and we did answer that one earlier. Obviously, we do believe yep. that Notre Dame, and, and, and this question from Rob was put in before we talked about that. So, uh, But, yes, we expect them to go after number four. Is it a given that they'll take a fourth guy? No, it's not. They're not just going to take somebody just to take somebody. But they are gonna they are gonna certainly keep their eyes open and continue looking for a fourth receiver or fourth, excuse me, safety in this class. And there's a chance, Ryan, if they got a if they got a third corner that they really liked, they yeah. may just say, you know what, we're good because there's gonna be somebody at safety or at corner that we're gonna end up wanting to move to safety at some point in time as well. So that's that's pretty much where their strategy is at this point in time with that one. So good good question, Robin. Thank you for the super chat. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Next super chat is from Charlie Weiss's last belt loop. Thank you so much, Charlie. This is Bronte Johnson. We got um, uh, Tay Bron, Benny Powell, and Kennedy Erlacher. I'll take it. I'm higher on Powell than Erlacher, but let's roll with these three and move on until next year. O'Leary needs to step up still, in my opinion, but it could be worse. Whoa, Charlie. Did, did he write he's higher on Powell than Erlacher? What film That's are what you said. watching, my man? Like, wow, okay. Okay, whatever you say, bro. I mean, hey, I, it's, it's all right though. I okay. I don't know. I don't have a lot. I don't have anything to say to that one, Ryan. I I, I have nothing to say to that. I, one. Yes, I will say. I will agree with the last sentence. That's all I'm going to say. I'll agree with the last sentence. So I, I will yeah. say, Charlie, that was a very positive remark for the yes. most part. Which is and I appreciate that. I appreciate yes. that. I uh, <laughs> I appreciate you had something positive to say, and you're in a good mood. I've asked you to be that way, and you're definitely stepping up. I really appreciate that. I'm just really floored by the fact that you think Tabron Benny Powell is better than Kennedy or Lacker. That just uh, just caught me off it, guard it is, a little bit there, man. It is pretty funny that we just went from a Tabron to a Bronte. It is pretty funny. It's a little confusing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it, it is. is. And they b- is. both go, I think, by Tay. So it's like, mm-mm, nope, mm-mm. So one of you is going to have to not go Tay. by that anymore. Yeah. So here we go. Here we go. <laughs> we uh, Another super chat from Charlie Weiss. Charlie, thank you again so much. Guys, I'm bought in with Marcus Freeman. I'm keeping it real. This dude is bringing in some studs. We need more dogs, but it's going to be re- re- uh, going the right way. Love Irish breakdown. Yeah, and, and that's that, Charlie. We're on board with that one, man. I think that's part of my frustration, Ryan, with some of the conversation about recruiting right now. Is yeah. it's kind of like we we talked about this the other day. We can say, "Hey, look, safety recruiting's got to get better. Linebacker, this has got to get better. They've got to do better here. They got to do better recruiting interior defense." We can have those conversations, but there's it it the responses get to tend to be just really lazy and that's the, Oh, this is no different than what Brian Kelly did. Like that's, that's like so provably false. Like, I mean, it's not even, I don't have to work hard to prove that to be false. I don't have to stretch very hard to, to make you realize how, how just false that is. Right. And, and that's my frustration when we have this conversation is we always need to be critical. How can you be better? Okay. This was good. The safety class right now, right? So I was having this conversation with Brandon Plesner yesterday and I said, look, I can't look at the safety class and say, Oh, it's horrible. I can't even look at it and say it's bad. You know, we can say it needs to be better. The process was flawed. You missed on too many good guys, but you still got to look and say, you got Bronte Johnson. You can't have Bronte Johnson in the class and say that it was a bad safety class. In my opinion, you just can't do that. And even if you're not hired as high on Kennedy or Lacker as I am, it's not terrible. But we can sit here and have a conversation and say, that was good, but George is getting two Bronte Johnsons. Alabama's getting two. Very fair. Let's have that conversation. And and so we can have that without saying, well, they just defensive recruiting sucks. Really? Uh, really? Leonard Moore? Logan Thomas, Cole Mullins, like it's just, it's the best offensive class they've had probably since 2008. I mean, that's the frustrating thing is 
we lose sight of because we tend to focus on the negatives lose sight of the fact that Notre Dame's in the process of putting together their third straight really good recruiting class third straight second straight without holes meaning like numbers holes the 22 class was a really good class but it did have some holes not enough receivers you struck out at safety there were some glaring holes because of the coaching transition last year's class there really were no holes there you, yeah you would have liked one more safety you would have liked one more of this but it had no holes when you look at this class as well Ryan again you're not done with the class. You're going to need to get more guys, but it's going to be another class that doesn't have holes and you're adding impact players. The recruiting under Marcus Freeman has significantly jumped, significantly jumped. Now the question is, Ryan, here's my question. Can it jump another notch? That And it's right. needed to jump another notch. That's a very fair criticism, but I feel like we're just either here or here when we're having this conversation and there's not enough people that are like, hey, it's somewhere here where not it's be- definitely better, yeah. but still not as good as it needs to be. And that's the standard is the standards like, hey, it's got to be better. Well, why right. do you say that? Because they haven't won a championship yet. And that's the standard. But it's gotten better. And now this thing yeah. is, OK, let's take let's figure it. Marcus Freeman and staff need to figure out how can we make it even better? And that's that's the standard. And I've got. I've got some comments from Coach Freeman that he made to me in my interview with him on Tuesday that I'm going to have in an article probably tomorrow where we talked recruiting. And he was like, look, we don't care what really. I mean, he, he made a, he, he made a comment like he didn't want to be insulting. You know, oh, sure, we, you know, we look at this, we look at that, but we're always going to trust our own evaluations. And I like that. I like a staff that's willing to say, hey, I don't care that you don't think, you know, that Charlie Weiss's last belt loop, my dude, my guy. We don't really care that you don't think Bronk Kennedy or Lacker can play because we do. And we're going to trust that and go with that. And we're either going to be right or wrong, but they're willing to to bank on their their evaluations. And and I, I want a staff that's like that, right? I want a staff that says, hey, yep. I know that other people don't see it. I don't know why this kid doesn't have a better offer list. But what I'm telling you is when we evaluated them, we see a dude. And we're going to trust our evaluations. That's where they're at. Got to trust yourself, man. Nobody else is going to. Nope. Uh, next super chat we have from Carlton Butler. Carlton, thank you so much. Have you gotten to watch Marcus Freeman's interview on the pivots? Very good episode. Marcus Freeman never ceases to impress. Notre Dame is going big places with him. I haven't listened to the episode yet. So I've watched parts of it. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, it's, I think Carlton nailed it. Is Marcus, it's, it, Marcus Freeman's always the star of the show when he's on things like that. And, you, you again, I, I maybe listened to a third of it. I listened to the part, uh, some of the parts that, that we discussed yesterday, but I haven't listened to the whole thing. I, it's been a little busy last few days getting I've stuff seen, done. But. I've, I've seen some clips that have been posted yeah. on you uh, on Twitter yeah. and such of it. And but the, you just uh, see the genuineness, the thoughtfulness. Yeah. You know, he understands the magnitude of it, but also doesn't try to dwell on it. You know, because yeah. this whole thing is the magnitude of it is 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 going to be determined by the work that I put in. And he had a very good comment that's along these lines of like, look, I don't. I can understand the magnitude and it doesn't change how I need to go about doing my job every day. I'm doing my job every day. Cause that's the right thing to do. That's what you need right. to do. And you know, he's a, uh, he's, he's hard. And this is what's, what's refreshing. I'll be honest, Ryan, we had a question yesterday about Brian Kelly and here's the yep. deal for me. I always root for Notre Dame, but sometimes it's harder to root for Notre Dame and enjoy it because you just don't like the guy that represents the university. Let's just be real about that. That's not an issue with Marcus Freeman. He's hard not to root for. He's really hard not to root for. 
He's magnetic. I mean, every time I hear him talk, I'm just like drawn in to just kind of want to keep hearing him talk. You know what I mean? Like he's one of those guys where you don't turn off a podcast. You don't turn off a press conference because you just want to hear what he has to say. I mean, he's just got that magnetic personality, which is great. Right. And that's part of the reason I haven't listened to that episode is because I'm still transcribing my interview with him. And I want to keep I want to keep sort of my thoughts there until we're done. So that's um. That's something that you like. So let's get into a few. We have a few more questions here. We got one here from uh, D Troll Hunter. D Troll says, so mailbag, what do you guys have planned for the rest of the day? I'm going kayaking. That's awesome. I love kayaking and right. fishing after my dog's vet appointment. I'm a big kayak guy, man. I love kayaking. Well, I hope that it's just a normal checkup for your, for your, uh, for your dog. Ryan, what do you have planned for today? So we have, I mean, nothing much. I mean, for most of the day, it's just, being dad, I guess, right, for a lot of the day. Tonight, though, there is a cool little uh, – my brother-in-law's birthday and his mother his, – so his mother's from Scotland. It's the first time that she's actually ever been over to the U.S., so they're having like a double birthday party tonight. Oh, nice. Kind of fun. Times, yeah. Very nice. That's pretty cool. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm gonna... I love listening to this. I love listening to uh, Scottish people talk because they talk so <laughs> fast. And it's just so I'm used to it because I know my brother-in-law now for nine years. So like I can hear him. Right. Uh-huh. But we went we went out uh, the other day and, and you could see some people talking to his mom where they're just like, I have no idea what you're saying to me anymore. <laughs> like... <laughs> you know, it's funny, Ryan, because, you know, I grew up thinking like, you know, British accents were like these really civilized and you know, like the, the Downton Abbey type of thing. And then you actually like watch a movie that's like a British movie where it's like it's not like that portrayal of like the king, the queen's English or whatever. And you're like, I have yeah. no clue what these people are saying. <laughs> like, I can't understand half the crap they're talking about. Like I tried watching The Office. Uh, the British yeah. a, a version of the office. And I'm like, half the stuff just went like right over my head. I'm like, I thought we spoke <laughs> the same language. Nope. <laughs> we don't. It's, so funny. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah. That's, that's what my brother-in-law had to do though. When he first got over here, when he first moved from Scotland to the U S he had to learn to speak very slowly and articulate yes. a little bit more. Cause it's just, they speak very fast, man. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. it's funny. Maya, uh, I will be, uh, I got to mow the backyard a little bit today. Uh, hopefully I can nice. get to that before we get some rain. And then I'm going to go to the range. I got a new rifle this week, this past week. So I'm excited about that. I've got the uh, red dot on it. I have the four, the, the four grip put on there. All the, I got all my little cool stuff on it. So now it's time to take it to the range and, and work it out a little bit. So that's what I'll be doing later today. I got to find some people around here that like to go to the range. I, I it gets boring going by myself and I can only convince my wife to go like maybe once every couple months. So I'm going to find some local people that like to go to the range. Uh, but yes, that's what I'll be doing later today, and then uh, making some uh, pork chops for Ange and I for dinner tonight. So that's what we're uh, that's what we're doing today. So and enjoy your day kayaking, my friend. Absolutely, kayaking is awesome. Next question from Michael: Is it possible that Notre Dame staff wasn't very high on the 2024 safety board and what's remaining? That they felt some current secondary players could fill the void with the 2025 board looking much better. Well, uh, I, that, I, I think that that's a, I think it's a little bit of a pass, Michael, to be like, oh, no, we didn't like the safety class and we're going to move on. It's like, no, you, you just had some well, misses, right? Like that's I think you is. could say, Ryan, that's where they are now after the misses of what's remaining. There's not a lot. So we're going to move on to 25. You could say that. But no, there's guys they just flat out missed on. That's just they just flat yes. out missed on. Now, I will say this. I won't say who, but. But there's a good number of safeties that we liked on film that Notre Dame liked on film that there just was no chance to get those kids into school academically. 
So there was some of that abnormally high from what I'm told this year. But even with that, Ryan, there's still plenty of really good. Like that was not an issue for Paul Menke. It was not an issue for Oliver Miles. You just got beat for Oliver Miles. Just flat out, you got beat. You got beat for him. And uh, so those are some issues that they have to do a better job of. I would say, Michael, now that they've missed on those guys, I think it's fair to say that they're going to focus on 25. And that's fair with their eye open on another 24 kid. But no, this isn't one of those things where like two months ago, they just said, ah, let's take Tabron, Benny Powell, Bronte Johnson, and Kennedy Urlacher and call today because we don't like this. Because no, they they had a lot of misses. And I don't know that that's what Michael's saying. I'm just, but like from now at, from where the board is now, sure, sure. Um, But uh, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at on that one. We had a next question from Rob Osgood says, guys, I am so happy that the show man worked hard to get things right. I know doing, I know during lose time, he had a few guys like this. Is Marcus Freeman trying to get the admin to look at these guys openly? No, I don't think this is an intentional thing. Like where, Hey, let's find some guys with that, that need work or whatever. I think it just was the circumstances. Bronte was a kid. They liked as Bronte was a kid that needed to do some work. And we've talked about this from day one, when they first offered him that there was going to needed to be work to be done. And, you know, then it was up to whether or not Bronte was going to do the work. And he did. And a lot of other kids looked there's kids that Notre Dame has liked that like Notre Dame and, and under Marcus Freeman, where they've said, hey, look, you've got to do A, B, C and D in the classroom. And the kid is like, oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm just I'll just go somewhere else. I mean, a lot of that, to be honest with you. And Bronte said, OK, cool. I got it. I got you, coach. And then he went out and did it. And so I would not say that that this and this is the kind of look, Notre Dame got kids in like this under Brian Kelly. This isn't a Marcus Freeman thing or a, a new change in the admin, things along those lines. This is simple. Bronte Johnson was told what he needed to do and he did it he did. and he did it yeah. well. Simple as that. That's not new. That's been going on for a long time. And the kids that are willing to do that are going to find success and are going to are going to get looked at favorably by the admissions department. That's what the admissions department wants to see. We told you what you needed to do. Did you go do it or not? And when kids do it, they say, hey, we told you you needed to get at least B in all your classes. Well, I got to be in all but one of them. Yeah, but we told you you needed to be in all your classes. Right. And so when the kids go, no, I didn't get B's in all my classes. Oh, you didn't know I got a B plus in three of them. I got an A minus in another and an A in a fifth. Okay, cool. Bam. Let's do it. Even though the rest of your transcript may not be what we typically look for, we gave you a challenge. You not only embraced that challenge, you didn't just meet the the stand. Hey, you need B's in all five classes. And the kid says, here, here's my five B's. No, okay. Well, sure. I guess we'll, we'll take any consideration, but boy, this kid went out and got three B pluses and A minuses and A. We gave him a challenge and he exceeded that challenge. That's when the Notre Dame admissions department will say, that's a kid that we're going to take. That's a kid that we're willing to work with you on. And we don't, cause they don't care what kind of football player he is. They care about stuff like that. Are you willing to go out and do the work? We gave you the challenge. Do you, I got an answer to that bell. And Bronte did that. It's as simple as that guys. I mean, this, again, this isn't on Marcus Freeman. This isn't on the Notre Dame admissions. This isn't on anybody at Notre Dame. This is on Bronte. Bronte is the reason that we're here today, right? All the other people just say, Hey, look, this is what you need to do, man. And there was nobody can control whether it got done or not other than Bronte Johnson. And he got it done. And um, that's a pretty cool story. That's a it really is. cool story. And and it should be celebrated today. It should be very yeah. much celebrated. Yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Next question is from John A. One of all the safeties on Notre Dame's board, was the skill set the best fit for Notre Dame's roster? I mean, 
biggest need. John, if we're talk- I think it filled yeah, the biggest, biggest need. Yes. That center yeah, fielder. I mean, the, the, yeah. Yeah. Cause Notre Dame just doesn't have enough of that, John. Right. So I think there were a couple guys that were on the board at one point that also filled that type of skill set for what, what the board is right now. Yes. The answer is absolutely yes. He is a, cause there's some other guys that I think are nice downhill players could play some too high, play some split well, field. Like it's good, you know, but like, there's not many guys that are just, guys that can literally work from any level of depth. And I think right. that, that is what Bronte brings to the table. Right. Like when I, when I look like, so for example, here's an example for me. And I think this is true for you too, Ryan. Jalen McClain grades out higher than Bronte Johnson right now. No, no yes. question. The, yes. the, and I would have taken Jalen McClain in a heartbeat. Having said yes, that to John's is. point, they have a lot of guys that play the game like, Jalen McClain stylistically now maybe not as good as him but a lot of guys that play the game Adon Schuler plays the game just like Jalen McClain stylistically they have a lot of guys like that what they don't have are a lot of guys that can can play center field to this level when I look at the board there weren't a lot of guys like that there were some I mean KJ Bolden yeah. can do whatever the freaking heck he wants to do right I mean that's yeah. the reality I mean he but he was never a realistic option you know, there were, there were some guys, I think DeMello Jones, I think could have played center field in my opinion, Ricardo Jones maybe could have done that, but those, you know, those guys were never really legitimate options. Uh, Jason Mitchell, I think probably could have done that, but like Peyton Woodyard, he's not this kind of player. He's a completely, he is a downhill alley safety. So there weren't a lot of guys like that. Jalen McClain was my top safety on the board, Ryan. I mean, I you look at all the safeties. Uh, him and KJ Bolden to me were the two best guys on the board for me at safety. And J- but Jalen McClain is a alley safety. He that's what he is. So yes, I think he is in a small group of guys, John, for me that fit that need of that roam rangy, roaming center field type of guy that also has the ability because here's the thing Ryan and you you, this is what what I believe Ryan was getting at you can't just be a one's trick pony to truly thrive in a championship defense like Notre Dame's you can't just be a center fielder and Bronte's not just a center fielder you also can't just be an alley guy and I think that's the important thing you need guys to do a little bit of everything and that's what I like about Bronte is he can do a little bit of everything I think Kennedy or Lecker can play center field, but in the same way that the current safeties do as part of occasionally being asked to roll to the middle, not a situation where you're like, hey, we're going to go play cover one all day and we're just going to let you stay back in the middle of the field and roam. That's the other part of it too, Ryan, because now that you have Bronte Johnson, you don't have to force that into Kennedy or Lacker. You can let him be more of a, do a little bit of everything, play downhill and then play to his skill set as well. And I think that's very important. Very, very important. Next question is from Garen Knudsen. What's up, Garen? Who do you ha- see having a bigger impact at offensive tackle, Charles Jagasaw or Emil Wagner? This was just on a long-term impact. Yeah, I, I'll just say this. If they both reach their full potential, I think Charles Jagasaw is the better player. Uh, yes. But I think they're, they both have, I, they both had five-star upsides for me, Ryan. I just have a lot more confidence that Charles Jagasaw is going to reach his. He doesn't have yeah. as far to go. To reach his potential, plus, he's already three hundred plus right. pounds as a right. enrollee, right? It's right. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, Charles was Charles is a stud, man. I, I mean, Charles' senior season out there at Allman, I, I thought that he put together a fantastic year. After a, uh, he was obviously very talented as a junior, a guy that had a lot of upside to him. 
But I thought senior year he put together a tremendous film, which is just absolutely crazy that he was working with a knee injury throughout most of that year. But yeah, I think that Charles Jagsaw is a just a slightly different prospect than Emil from from like a just levels, right? Like Charles Jagsaw was a legitimate five star talent after his senior season, in my opinion. Like he's he's legit, man. He's legit. Yep. All right, from let n g r one let manager is usually let manager short one? for manager yeah gotcha let manager one is it true that Notre Dame was the only team that wasn't recruiting Bronte as a wide receiver I, I don't know if I would say I don't know if I'd say only team I think that there were some teams that were recruiting him as an athlete and were willing mm-hmm. to be open to both sides of the footballs but I I think that that is just kind of I don't want to say misguided, but I, I definitely wouldn't say that they were the only team that were looking at wide receiver. I think there were some teams that left the athlete on the table and were. Well, would you say this, Ryan? Would you say they were the only team that was exclusively recruiting him to play safety? I mean, of his finalists, I think that they're the only one that I know of, but I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't I don't know I, enough I, about all of them to know for sure. I, I didn't I didn't he, I didn't personally hear a school that was only recruiting him at safety now, but I do know that there were some that were recruiting him as athlete. Like I, I know Tennessee London him at wide receiver. I think that there, but there were definitely a couple of schools that were just like you're an athlete and we'll figure it out later mm-hmm. type of thing. So it, it was on the table. Charlie Weiss's last belt loop. Are you shocked how slow Alabama's recruiting is compared to Georgia? Absolutely not. Alabama does this every no. year, do they not? Or they every load up single year. <laughs> yeah, every, every single year. year. Yeah. And they're going to flip two kids from Georgia. Watch. They just will. I mean, look, Bama has always, well, at least I won't say always, last five, six years, Ryan, they are very slow to fill up yeah. their class because they don't care that kids are committed to you. They don't. They don't care that kids are committed to other places. They don't. They're going to keep going after guys. So, no, I'm I'm not. And also, this is going to be a small class for Alabama. They're, they're yeah. not going to bring in a lot of guys in this class, Ryan. It is it is going to be a smaller class for them. They brought in a, a pretty big class last year. They had 28 high school kids they signed last year. I mean, so they're, they're not going to be bringing – they had 25 the year before. This is going to be a small class because I think Nick Saban is smart enough to know this isn't a very good class nationally. It's just not. Yep. We've talked about this. And so they're, they're – I wouldn't say they're intentionally sitting at eight, but they're intentionally going slow. And, I mean, th- their next commitment might be a 25 kid. I mean, that that's that's kind of they're, – they're already putting a lot of work into the 25 class at this point in time. They so uh, they, they, they've already got four kids in the 25 class. Uh, and I think they're going to get another one pretty soon, another big time kid here in the 25 class pretty soon. But uh, that, that's on Notre Dame's radar. But that, that's that's not a coincidence. It's yep. they're just not their their roster situation is such that they're just not focused on it. And then they get into the season and they're going to lose some kids or whatever the case may be. Then they'll just go add some kids late. They'll flip some kids from other SEC schools and other programs and and they'll fill up late. So I. I'm not surprised by it, Ryan. This is what they do. I'm actually more surprised that Georgia has filled up as quickly as they have. Yes, yeah, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you and I were actually having a conversation about Georgia's class earlier and how far, much further ahead it is than everybody else. And and it get yep. to me, it gets down to the fact that there's just guys in that class that are overrated because they're Georgia. Simple as that. And the annoying thing is that's not needed. Because even if guys were ranked where I think they should be, it's still the number one class in the country. I mean, it's it's a great <laughs> class, but like Nitro Tuggle is a guy that these services don't really say a whole lot about, and then all of a sudden he commits to Georgia, and he goes from like unranked to the top hundred. 
Like, I mean, I pointed this out on the Irish breakdown message board. It's like, that's not a, I mean, he literally, he literally at the last recruiting rankings update was unranked. This is in February, March of 2023 has played no football since then. No football. Yes. He went from not in the top 250 to top hundred. What's the only thing that's changed between that last ranking and the one that they did most recently. He committed to Georgia. That's it. But is Nitro Tuggle still a quality football player? Yes, he's still a quality football player. He's a good player. But it's just that's just the reality of it. And I, and I, I like I said, I, I broke this down on the message board the other day, Ryan. You saw, I think you saw that where I looked at the the, the rivals' updated rankings, and you just saw guys making huge leaps in the most recent most recent update. And the only thing that changed was they committed to Georgia, you know. And so it's like, well, yeah, I mean, these guys are getting overhyped, but it doesn't mean that their class still isn't the best class in the country. And that's what's so, but, but that's why, like, I, I, I listened to Josh Pate uh, say something. He's like, you know, three of the five best classes that Alabama has ever had are on the current roster. And I was like, that should tell you something about this modern state of recruiting rankings, that that's how they perceive the Alabama. So are you just telling me Nick Saban forgot how to coach? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> He's got the three of the four best recruiting classes you've ever had, but his teams aren't as good as they used to be. So you just forget how to coach or maybe, the rankings process has become flawed. And even though they may have the best class, the gap between of how good they have the best class is skewed because every year, seven, eight, nine kids from Georgia and Alabama commit to those schools and then just skyrocket up the rankings, right? Yeah. Well, they're, they're really good on the field. I know that because they're really good players, but, yes. and they're still getting guys that are legit five stars. There's guys in this Georgia class that are legit five-star players, Right. Dylan Rayol is a legit five-yard, five-star player. Nykar is a legit top 100 player. I mean, I love that kid on film, right? But there's also six or seven kids like DeMello, Ryan. Remember how when Notre Dame offered DeMello Jones, we're talking about how, it was, how insane it was he was ranked high. He wasn't ranked higher, right? Yeah. I mean, but if he would have committed to Georgia Tech or Notre Dame, does anyone believe he would have skyrocketed up the rankings the way that he had? No, he wouldn't have. Right. It's because he went to Georgia. Now, that is a takeaway from how good of a player he is. No, it doesn't take away from how good a player, but it's the process that was flawed. And it's it's annoying because they'd still have the number one class right now if they were all ranked properly. But that's why I just get sick of the oh, they're unbeatable because look how much further ahead they were than everybody else. I'm like, okay, no, they're not. It's a great class. We can talk about how great it is, but no, they're not. They're not. They're not that far ahead of everybody else. But uh that's just the nature of it. I'm I'm curious to see what happens with the other quarterback in that class, though, Ryan. He's saying all the right things right now. He's saying all the right things. But I just don't see how he could – How he, I just I have a hard time believing he's actually going to sign with Georgia when it's all said and done. The Puglisi uh, kid. Ryan, Ryan Pugliese. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I just – that's going to be an interesting one, especially once the 24 board is pretty much over, once all the top yeah. quarterbacks have gone somewhere and teams are sitting there saying, yeah. we need a quarterback, you know. Well, how that's going to go. Player that's too, man. One. He is. He's a good. He's a really player. good player. Yeah. A lot more mobile yeah. than I thought he was going to be. When yeah. I broke down his film, he, he's good and from Connecticut. Like that's weird. <laughs> so yeah, but that's uh, that's where we are. That's the just the annoying aspect of this whole conversation. Detroit Hunter's question, Brian: Have you thought of launching College Football Nation Board, a place for the archers and those of us who'd like to discuss all of college football, not just Notre Dame, can mingle? Well, number one, we do have a we do have a non Notre Dame board on the premium board. We'll get there someday. 
but the the CFB Nation channel just has not grown to the, the degree that would needed to do something like that. I still have a lot of things that we're trying to get accomplished on on Irish Breakdown, and I don't ever want to take away from Irish Breakdown to the level that I would need to yet uh, to get there. I've got to get the Irish Breakdown staff where it needs to be in order to be able to take the time to be able to go out and, and build up the CFB Nation, but it'll come eventually. But look, if you want to talk about a college football topic, bring it up on the Irish Breakdown board, and we'll talk about it. I'm going to start putting some stuff on there. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and bring it up there. But we'll eventually get there, Detroit Hunter. We'll, we'll eventually get there. It's just you guys know me well enough to know by now that I'm, I'm going to I'm going to be more uh, I'm going to take longer usually to get those things out because I just want to make sure it gets done correctly. So it, it'll get there. But yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Next question is from Troy McIntosh said, maybe he does not have the instincts, but is he faster than Kyle Hamilton? Straight line. Yeah. Yeah. He's faster than mm-hmm. Kyle Hamilton in my opinion. Yes. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, what would you say? He's like a four or five flat type of kid right now. Probably, like, yeah, I mean, I he, think can run. Accurate. he can run. Yeah. I think that's about what he had when he had Notre Dame's inv- Irish invasion last year. I have to ask, but I think he yeah. ran a, like a high four, four, low four, five at last year's yeah. camp. Yeah. So I he think strikes me as a kid, and he's only going to get faster. But he strikes me as a kid that's a four four eight to four five two somewhere in that ballpark. Like kick and yeah. run, kick and really like run. Now. He's got long strides and, then, and he can right. run. Yes, right. Here's one, Ryan, that I'm going to ask uh, of you. Uh, this is from Philip Smith. Any word on when Carter Nelson will make his decision? Yeah, so Philip, last weekend Carter was at Penn State. This weekend he's at Nebraska. So that was the final official visit was Nebraska this weekend. So the plan for the Nelson family is over the next couple of weeks now, they're going to be sitting down and they're going to be kind of talking everything through. You know, all the data points, all the pluses, minuses, positive, negatives, every, every pros, cons, everything that they need to make a proper decision. So I would expect sometime in July that you'll hear a final decision for Carter Nelson. So you're going to talk about a early summer decision for Carter Nelson. So I would expect over the next couple of weeks decision time. Things are, uh, there's a lot of movement that's going to happen in July and August, yes. Ryan, with some of these guys, like somebody asked the, the, the ND troll sniper asked, how are things looking with Kingston, Villiamez, Asa? I'll let you answer that one, Ryan, but you know, that's another one that's going to, him and Carter and there's a lot of these guys Kirby Lambert that we think are going to make decisions in July and August and it's going to it's going to define the class simple as that but to that question Ryan uh from D&D Troll Sniper how are things looking with Kingston Bailey obviously who's currently still on an official visit Ohio State who's the primary contender along with Notre Dame so we're gonna have to let that visit pull out but uh let's go ahead and wrap up where you think things are at least heading into the visit for where they are yeah I mean, coming out of the Notre Dame visit last weekend and into this visit, Notre Dame, I would call the leader pretty solidly, you know, going into the visit. But I've always been – I've, I've always put it out there, and I still believe it, that Ohio State is the main contender for Kingston, you know, at the end of the day. So it's about withstanding this visit and coming out of this visit as still the leader for Kingston because it's the same type of timeline as Carter Nelson I just talked about. This is the last official visit. He took one to USC, took one to Notre Dame. Now he's taking one to Ohio State. The next couple of weeks are about decision-making time. And he's another kid where I would expect a July decision to be made for Kingston Villiamo Asa. What about Gearby, Ryan? Have you heard anything as far as what his timeline is? Like, I know it's he's a hard one, very hard one to get a read yeah. on, but I'm just curious. Yeah. 
I, I, I always say that I think that Gerby's a guy that just is going to make a decision when he feels like making a decision. I mean, you, Brian, you saw that he's uh, he's at Harvard this weekend, right? So, like, <laughs> good luck predicting when Gerby's going to make a decision. Watching <laughs> watching the mental freak out from some people convincing themselves that, well, he's going to Harvard, so he must want to stay close to home, so maybe he's going to look at BC. So it's like, guys, just, just chill. Just stop. Just trust us a little bit and just let it play out. Okay, just let it play out. But, yeah. And for those who are going to ask, what's your confidence level? Still have that same story from yesterday. Nothing's changed. Yep. <laughs> okay, so yep. read that article from yesterday. Uh, it'll tell you exactly where things stand in, in those regards. So let's uh, let's get down here. I think, Ryan, we, we are close to uh, to the end here. This is one from Irish Mills 540. Irish Mills says, guys, normally it seems Notre Dame to, likes to finish its class early. This year, 2024, how do you think the success on the field 2023 season affects the 2024 class? Who do you see signing late during the season? I think, obviously, Ryan, it, it, what the biggest impact that I think the 23 season will have on the 24 class is just keeping the committed kids happy. They're going to look and see, wow, Notre Dame is rolling. They're, they're, everything that they told us this team is going to be, it's turned out to be true. I can't wait to be a part of it. Or they're going to stub their toe again. And that's going to open up a little bit of, uh, you know, whispers from certain players, some from, with a few commits. I don't even know who those commits will be. It just it happens, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think a, a good season helps solidify the standing of look that there aren't going to be any kids committing. Because I'll say this, Ryan, as I look at this class, you remember last year for a long time, I would tell you I don't feel great about Jaden Lamar sticking in this class. Not that you ever disagreed with me. But it just yeah. kind of had that vibe of like, I never felt great about him even committing to Notre Dame. It was just kind of like sure. the whole thing was weird. And then, you know, Dylan Edwards, I mean, that was a late pickup that also, I mean, it, he was a kid that flipped that then flipped again. I mean, that, that, that but you looked at it like we kind of, we kind of had Peyton Bowen. We kept hearing, hey, it's going to be fine. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. But he was still taking visits and all those type of things. Keon, there's no kids doing that right now in this class. Yeah, like sure. there's no kids that are committed or in there taking visits elsewhere. There's no kids that I've even had conversations with sources that have said he's talking to them about taking visits elsewhere. The only one that was even remotely talking about taking visits was Owen Wafel, And that had as much to do with Notre Dame and what they were doing compared to him, him looking to leave. So could there yeah. be kids that flip? Maybe. Sure. If you'd have told me six months ago that Owen Wafel was going to flip, I'd have said you're you're or be out of the class. You're, I'd have said, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. Yeah. So anything can happen, right? But just yes. looking at the circumstances, there is nobody acting like Peyton Bowen in last year's class, or Keon Keeley, or or Jade Lamar, where they're still taking a bunch of visits, unofficial visits, but still taking visits. None of these kids have gone anywhere else, and exactly. I think it speaks volumes to, um, you know, to to. I where we are in this class. I, I think there's a little bit of a black eye from a national perspective on the 2023 class because of the flips that happened in Notre Dame's class. Like people are like, Oh man, Notre Dame is there for the taking like Alabama, go deplete that class. The, right. Like, yeah, the 23 class, 2023 yeah, exactly. class. I think 2024 to your point, Brian is more about load it up and then show that you can hold on to all those guys right. and make it like, oh, yeah, no, nah, that's not going to happen twice. We learned from our mistakes. We're moving forward and moving right. in the right direction. I, that's how well, I picture it. And they haven't taken commitments from some kids who wanted to commit. Exactly. Because of that. So, you know, they're, they're much more uh, sticking to their policy. They've doubled down on their visit policy to even unofficials this year. Like if kids have said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to commit. We talked about this with Peyton Pierce. 
Why did Peyton Pierce not go public with his silent commitment to Notre Dame with his commitment to Notre Dame? It's because he still wanted to take unofficial visits. And Notre Dame said, no, do what you got to do. Take your visits, but you'll need to commit to us. We, we've seen this. We've seen this story before, right? And yeah. so I think that they've been smart about it to, to not take certain commitments because it'd much rather a kid just pick someone else than commit, than decommit. Because as you mentioned, Ryan, there's a perception to it. Right or wrong, yeah. there's a perception to it. There I actually... Is. I actually like the way they're doing it. And people said, there's a question on the board. Well, I, I don't, I think this, this strategy has hurt them with kids. They haven't got, I'm like, no, no, no. They haven't not gotten a kid because of that. If a kid's not willing to commit to you because you don't want him to take visits, then he's not committed to you. And if yeah. he does commit to you, but still wants to take visits, what are the odds he actually sticks in the class? Right? Like, no, leave him uncommitted and still keep recruiting him. And then right. get him in the class. Because if he wanted to be there, because uh, what, what they're not doing, Ryan, is if if a kid wants to commit to Notre Dame and they say, do you want to take visits? And he says, yes. They don't say, well, then don't commit. And then they stop recruiting him. They still recruit right. him, like we saw with Justin Scott. So if that they were going to get that kid, they're still going to get that kid if he wanted to be here. If they don't get that kid, all it means is they save themselves from a decommitment down the road. That's the reality of it. Because the only circumstance that has changed is the public commitment. That was really not a commitment at all. And people say, well, coaches do the same thing. Coaches leave and coaches are not honest. And, th- and there are issues there. But coaches don't sit there. Like Mike Mickens is not going on a visit to Ohio State in week five. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Chancey Stuckey and Jared Parker are, you know, aren't taking visits to go to other schools during their bye week. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I, I'm I'm here now. I'll handle this stuff in the offseason if I'm going to go do something. But, you know, so right. it's not the same thing. If you're if you want to commit, commit. But commitment means this. And I yeah. just think it's funny that people have a problem that Notre Dame actually wants to set a standard on that commitment actually means what the word says. If you are committed to us, you're committed to us. Committed means is not just a word. It means it's an action. It means you're not looking around. And the same thing when it comes to other schools. If you are going to visit us officially, if we're going to pay for you to come visit us, we're not going to pay for you if you're committed somewhere else. I actually like that because what it does, Ryan, it's like with that kid from Texas last year, the corner, Calvin Simpson Hunt. Oh, yeah. Yes. It let Notre Dame know how serious that kid really was about Notre Dame. The fact that he was unwilling to decommit to come visit you let was what very much let Notre Dame know this kid is not really serious about us. He just wants to come on a visit. And Notre Dame doesn't need to waste time on kids like that. If you really want to be here, if Notre Dame's really a place you want to be, then you'll decommit from the school you're at because we're not going to do that to them because we don't let our kids do that. So we're not going to let we're not going to do the same thing. It's called not being hypocrite. So like it's yep. the opposite of Brent Venables, who talks all these things about commitment and then goes out and pursues committed players from other places. You know what I mean? I, I so, comment drove me crazy last year with Venables, man. I'm just like, yeah. Just oh my gosh. Yeah. Color. Just be consistent. Like, right. It's, oh man. It's so it's, it's gotta be a two way street. And that's what I like about what Notre Dame does. If Notre Dame had this policy with their kids, but then would bring in other committed kids, to other schools in for officials, I'd say you guys are hypocrites. You either believe this or you don't. And the thing I like about Marcus Freeman and, and this staff is they're like, Hey, look, we, we are about this. This yeah. is how serious we are. We won't even let you come visit us. If you're, committed to another school officially and that's the key so I, I i like where they're at because i think what it does ryan is it separates the kids who are just wanting to kind of experience notre dame from the kids that actually want to consider notre dame 
And I think that's smart. And it allows you to, 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 um, it allows you to make sure that your resources are going in the right places and not, you're not wasting time on kids who really don't want to be here. I think that's the big key to this whole thing. We had a question from Stephen Martin who says, compared to the current phenomena of under-ranking Notre Dame recruits, do you believe Notre Dame recruit signees were overranked in the early days of Rivals era, the Willingham-Weiss era? It's interesting. Uh, no, I don't think they were overranked. Um, because I don't remember any guys that were super high on rivals that that weren't that that were ranked way lower on other places. I I, I don't think so. No, I mean because you look at like their 2002 class, Notre Dame's 2002 class, that was a pretty darn good class um, at the time. I felt, but I I don't know that there was a lot of top hundred guys in that in that class. Ryan. I mean, I don't think there was a lot of guys that were just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that guy is ranked, you know, and that high, that kind of thing. So I, I don't know that there, there, there was, to be honest with you. I think when you look at Charlie Weiss's early tenure, like some people said, well, you know, Sam Young was overrated. I'm like, no, he wasn't. He was exactly where he should be. He was the best offensive tackle in that class, in my opinion. The, at worst, the second, he was a five-star kid. Well, he didn't pan out, but that doesn't mean he shouldn't have been there at the time. Like, this is something that right. drives me nuts. People say, well, this guy didn't pan out, so clearly he's overrated. Like, no, no, he wasn't. Things just, just sometimes don't work out. But as a high school player, he was a dominant player, right? Ronald Curry yeah. didn't didn't have the college career I thought he could have had. But does that mean he wasn't the best high school player I've ever seen in my life? No, it doesn't change it. I played against Deon, uh, Dre Bly. I played against Plexico Burris. I, 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 I was in the same region as Michael Vick. They were a year behind me. I saw all those guys play. None of them could hold a candle to Ronald Curry in high school. It just circumstances didn't work out. He had the Achilles injury. He went to a school that he had no business going to. James Aldridge, as an example, had the bad knee injury. I think the service that had Notre Dame that tended to overrate players from Notre Dame was actually Scout. Scout.com was the one that tended to because they were more Midwestern oriented. And so they would sometimes overrate the Midwestern kids, where like other services will underrate the Midwestern kids. There was never like that happy medium. Scout would tend to like overrate them a little bit. And yeah. so I think, um, uh, you know, I, I think that was kind of it. But I think those had, the, but those weren't necessarily Notre Dame biases. I think those were more Midwestern biases, just like people now have Southern biases. When this whole thing got started back in the two thousand early two thousands, Ryan, we were still adjusting to the shift that had happened in the decade before that we hadn't kind of come to grips with, which is the North just isn't producing the way the, the, that it used to. And we've pointed this right. out before, 1988, Notre Dame's great team. They had plenty of Southern players. Pat Terrell was from Florida. Derek Brown was from Florida. Tony Rice was from South Carolina. But a lot of the great athletes they had, Rocket was from Pennsylvania. Todd Light was from Michigan. Ricky Waters was from Pennsylvania. You go in, down into future years. I mean, uh, Jerome Bettis was from, uh, was from Detroit. They had elite players from the northern areas. They're just not producing the volume of athletes that they did back then and that when we were still kind of adjusting as an industry they were still kind of adjusting to that so you'd still see a lot of ohio kids ranked higher so it wasn't just a notre dame thing they just would go and not pan out and so i think it was it was part of that too and um uh you know i so i think it was more of a northern bias ryan than a notre dame bias i think is really a, more of what it was because it would happen with like Penn State kids and Ohio State kids and Michigan kids as well. So I think that had a lot more to do with it than any kind of Notre Dame bias. 
in my opinion. Makes sense. And I don't care if you have a bias. I I, I care about is your bias consistent? You know, and that that's kind of my thing is like if your bias is, hey, I just overrate kids from Florida and Georgia, I, I can live with that because then I know I know how to properly evaluate your rankings. But when there's no rhyme or reason to it, it that's where it's just like when it's very clear, it's like it's more program oriented. That's where I kind of yeah. get to having issues with it is is when it's it's a Ryan, you know this, man. In scouting, everybody has biases. We all have to oh, yeah. work. We have to recognize and work past our biases, right? But we all have them. And a bias to me is something as simple as I just like taller quarterbacks, right? That's one that you like to point right. to. There's a bias with some NFL teams that are the big, tall, big-armed, you know, quarterback. And yep. and for some people, like, they, and if an offensive lineman isn't this size, then they just – they're not going to like them, right? If a – and and we all have certain biases in that regard. Those are biases I can live with because they're consistent. I, I know what they're looking for there. What we're talking about is biases like I don't like Notre Dame fans, so I'm going to not rank Notre Dame players correctly. <laughs> or or I'm a Georgia guy, and the and the and the Georgia because here's what happens: you rank our guys higher because I was told this by someone who who I know that covers Georgia. Georgia gets ranked; their coaches get bonuses when they're when they rank certain places in the recruiting rankings. So tell me there's not, there's not some uh, motivation for me to develop a relationship with the guys that are making decisions at rivals or two, four, seven and say, Hey man, you know, you, you rank this kid up and I'm going to give you uh you know, give you access. You don't think that happens. You don't, you're nuts if you don't think that happens. Right. And so that's why I've just gotten to the point where I just, I can't, I can't just take, I just don't take the ranking seriously. I don't. That's I used to respect them a long time ago, but I, the process is flawed now, Ryan, and that's why I, I just don't put any respect into the into the recruiting rankings. Say, well, you know, Alab- these kids, they overrank these Georgia kids, and again, I go back to you're ranking them because they're going to Georgia, right? So it's it's the ranking follows the recruitment, not the other way around, right. and and that's kind of my whole point that I just find it uh, to be a flawed process. Yeah, one. I think we got one more here, Ryan. That we're gonna that we'll okay. answer here because I keep people keep keep people keep asking this, and I want to I want to bring this up. Sam Anderson asks, "Have you heard any rumors that Justin Scott is cooling on Miami after visiting Ohio State and Michigan? To me, it makes sense for him considering three of the blue blood programs are right in his backyard." Ryan, what have what have I been saying about this for months? Look, guys, I don't. I'm not gonna be shocked if he commits to Miami or Georgia and all that. But what have I always said? When it's all said and done, I just think he's going to stay in the North. Been saying this for months, and I still think Notre Dame will end up being the team to beat there. I'm not changing my confidence level until he, and this is what Ryan was saying, until he sets yep. the visit and shows up, I'm not changing my confidence level about Notre Dame landing him. But right. at the end of the day, we've always said, I just don't see, Sean Davis has been saying this for months. I just don't see this kid leaving the North. I just don't. And so when it's all said and done, I don't think he's going to leave the North, no matter he what he does told this summer. Him, he literally told another outlet that he can't see himself leaving the North either yes. because of his mom and stuff, which is weird. Yes. <laughs> it's just weird. So it's, it's like, you know, guys, yeah. just, you know, let it play out, read the cues, and just understand how this one is going to go. Now it's up to Notre Dame to make yourself the best position of the Northern schools to get him. And that's where I'm at. And I still feel good about that, Ryan, because – uh, if it comes down to Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Michigan, I, I like where Notre Dame is at in those instances. But again, I need to see him get on campus again. But I, but I but I also said this: if he goes into August and September uncommitted, I will feel great 
about Notre Dame's chances because there's no way he doesn't visit for a game. No, no way he doesn't visit for a game once you get to that point in time. So, uh, and here's the other thing: he can go visit Michigan and Ohio State for a game, but he can't take an official there. And so, I, I look, I know that I know that I was very critical of Notre Dame's early recruitment of Justin Scott, and and my opinion hasn't changed on that, Ryan. They, they they did yeah. they did they dropped the ball early, but I will say this: I think that Chad Bowden and Marcus Freeman, especially, have read this recruitment extremely well in the last two months. Meaning they did yep. not push for him to take an official this summer. When he said he wanted to take one in the fall, they said, "Okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna ride with that," because they knew. A lot more than what a lot of these national analysts that kept predicting Miami and all this other stuff didn't know, which is we know what's going to go into this kid's ultimate decision. And we know that we just have to ride this stuff out. And then once you ride that out, Michigan's already used up their official. Georgia's used up their official. Ohio State's up used up their official. And what's the one school that's sitting here with an official still to go where they can get him in for the whole Ohio State weekend. Do you know how crazy that campus is going to be that weekend? Especially right? if you win, man. Especially exactly. <laughs> and so yeah. in, in nine out of ten times, Ryan, this strategy would be one that doesn't work. But you have to know right. the kid. You have to know the family. Absolutely. And in this instance, this is why – and I've had – I had a buddy of mine tell me two weeks ago, why do you keep telling me that you think Justin Scott's eventually going to end up with Notre Dame? And I don't understand it because none of the actions speak that because I know I know enough about the kid and the family to say, I just think when it's all said and done, no matter what he does this summer, he's not going too far away from home. But he is the one kid in my view, Ryan, and I think this is where you and I will definitely agree. He is the one kid in the 24 class who will most be swayed by what happens on the field this year for Notre Dame because he's still the most open Right. And and I think if Notre Dame can go out there and show like if Riley Mills goes out there and just balls out this year, that's going to move Justin Scott big time because he's actually going to see, oh, OK, now I see how you guys are going to use me. It's not just theory of this, this and this. Now I see there's a big six, five, 300 pound kid from right down the street from where I went to high school. That's playing the yeah. position that I'm going to play and he's balling out. You know what I mean? And so to me that's why it's important that you put a good product on the field. Cause I think he's one of the few 24 kids that could be swayed by. I think the other one's Caleb Beasley. I think those are the that's two good. kids that Notre Dame has, does not have in the class who could be most like if Notre Dame goes out there and throws for 4,000 yards this year, I don't think Ryan Wingo is going to give two rips about it. I just think he's past Notre Dame. He's just not going to look at Notre Dame. Right. Not that he's a bad kid or there's nothing wrong with that. I just don't, th- I don't, I think that ship has sailed. My opinion. I think that yeah. ship has sailed. Yeah. There's other kids we could look at. It just it won't mean mean a hill of beans. It, it doesn't matter what they do. Peyton Woodyard's not looking at Notre Dame. I don't care what Notre Dame does on the field this year, right? Now he might be a kid that if they win the title, then he wants to jump on the bandwagon. But uh, other than that, I'm talking about just like normal regular season success. I think Justin Scott and, and Caleb Beasley are two that could be especially moved, and nobody more than Justin Scott. And that's why this season is very important. That recruitment, in my opinion, I agree. With that. So that's kind of that's why I've been more pushing back on this Miami narrative than, than people might think when everybody else throwing crystal ball say, you know, he may, he may commit to Miami, but I have been adamant Ryan. And I, I think this is true. If, if, if it's not true, hold me to this. I've always said he may commit to Miami this summer, but I don't, he's not signed on Miami. I've been adamant about that for a while. And uh, I, I this shouldn't surprise anybody. Sake, he, 
over just to say he doesn't do that. I mean, just for like the well, and, being, and that's and he's not. Being, I mean, it sounds like he's not going to do yeah. that. You know, but there was a time be, when it was successful, looking like he was going it's to. It's not a great situation. Yeah. So yeah. Well, and I think that says a lot about his family too, Ryan. That he didn't do that. That he yeah. didn't make that kind of commitment. But there was a lot of talk that he was going to, and Miami was definitely pressuring him to do so. Definitely yeah. pressuring him to do so because you know why. So I've I've heard a lot of stories. I've I've had a lot got a lot of intel from sources close to Notre Dame, from Sean, from other people. Miami knew that this was their window. Miami threw the kitchen. I think you and Sean have talked about this. Miami has thrown the kitchen sink at Justin Scott, Ryan. And and um because they knew if they don't get him now, they're not gonna get him. They had to get him now and hold on, is basically what they needed yeah. to do. And they knew that if they don't get him this summer, it's not happening. It's not happening. And so uh, that's why I said, too, I think Georgia having the great visit that they had was the best thing that ever happened in Notre Dame because it slowed down that Miami momentum with Justin. I really think it did. It gave him enough to think about where, you know what, I'm not I'm not going to make that. I'm not going to make a decision right now. There's no need to make a decision right now. And, and, and Notre Dame's right now, hey, man, you don't need to rush into a decision. And here's the thing. It, it, there's going to be a lot more credence to Notre Dame saying, slow down, big fella. Because they did that when they were the leader. So he's right. not going to take that as, oh, this is just them not, you know what I mean? They're, hey, look, they told you to take your time, make the right decision when they led. And they're trying to tell you the same thing now. And that's going to come off as consistent and honest. Because it is. And I think all those things, because what do we say, Ryan? It's not a sprint, folks. It's a marathon. Notre Dame had the early lead. They they came out of the blocks fast with Keon Keeley last year. They were up by, you know, seven, eight meters, man. And then Bama said, Ooh, see ya. We got this one, right? And that's kind of the role I think Notre Dame is playing with Justin Scott. I'll feel a lot better about it once he sets the official visit, but that's why I've been more confident yes. than, than I probably should be about this recruitment. So that's that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at with this, with yeah. this whole this whole process. Right. So, uh, yeah, Ryan, I think, um, I think that's going to be it for today. I know we had a couple other 25 questions, Ryan, have you seen Keldon Ryan yet? The 25 quarterback? Yeah, he was okay. Yeah. He was just on campus. Yes. Uh, okay. Thursday. So this is one, I didn't want to, this is a question from Drew Benson, Ryan. What are y'all thoughts on? I haven't yep. seen him on 25 quarterback Keldon yep. Ryan. He's, he's very talented. He's six, one, six foot two, 195 pounds or so. He's got a pretty, fast release and he's a really good athlete. So he just camped at Notre Dame. I know that Notre Dame has been keeping in contact with him. I'll have a little bit of update on him. Obviously I, I spoke to him after this, after his performance at the evaluation camp this week at this week. But uh, I think he's a player that Notre Dame's keeping a close eye on. So he's a very talented kid. He's out of the state of Texas. Athletic kid, man. Kid can run. He's got a very quick effortless release. So there's lots to work with with Kelton Ryan, I believe. I think Ryan, what this also speaks to is I haven't seen the kid, but uh, I, from what you're saying, it, I think people need to understand this is this is evident, another example of just how loaded this 25 class is a quarterback. I mean, it's absolutely it's one of the deepest to- quarterback classes I've ever seen. I mean, it is loaded. They just have to figure out who they're going to get. So I know right now we all know who their top target is. <laughs> it's Deuce. It's Deuce Knight. There's no doubt. Uh, but I like the fact that they're not just putting all their eggs in the deuce basket. If they pick somewhere else, they're going to have guys to go to if he if he doesn't yeah. pick them. But there's no question who their top guy is. It's Deuce Knight. That's the guy they want. I mean, it, it, 
you know, look, I know they love Bryce Underwood. I know they love George McIntyre. They love KJ Lacey, but the guy that they've kind of zeroed in is the guy they really want is Deuce Knight. And I think it's the the talent potential, but there just was something about his visit, Ryan, where yeah. he just something about Deuce just kind of won over the Notre Dame coaching staff about him as a as a kid. You know what I mean? Like yep. there's just something about they clicked with him in ways beyond what they've clicked with any other quarterback. And it's not just that he's showing interest in them. There's just something about that relationship that Notre Dame is just like, man, this is a Notre Dame kid. We got to get this kid. And uh, hopefully they can get him. I, I, I'll say it again. I think the kid loves Notre Dame. And Notre Dame loves him. I just I just am, uh, I have a tough time seeing a kid from Mississippi picking Notre Dame. I hope I'm wrong. But uh, if, if there was ever going to be one, it's going to be Deuce, right? But uh, I, I just – that's one of those ones I just don't want to get my hopes up too much, Ryan, because I just, yeah. you know what I mean? I just, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully they can get it done. <laughs> well, hopefully they'll get it done. So uh, that's going to be it for today, Ryan. Why don't you go ahead and t- uh, take us out of here, man? Yeah, it's a great day. Uh, Saturday, getting a great commitment, obviously, for the University of Notre Dame. Bronte Johnson, star safety out of Northside High School in the state of Indiana. want to thank everybody in here who stick with stuck with us early on a Saturday, as well as throwing some mailbag questions here at the end. Hope everyone has a great rest of their weekend. Notre Dame's class is filling up quicker and quicker. We are already nearing the end of 2024. Make sure to go to boards.averagebreakdown.com so you can get all your up-to-date team and recruiting intel. As we finish up 2024 and we move into the 2025 recruiting class and as we inch closer and closer to the 2023 season. If you could please, before you leave, like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, share this podcast, five-star reviews on any of your podcast platforms are always very much appreciated. Go Irish. Thank you all so much again for being with us today on Bronte Johnson Commitment Show on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.